Hey, my name's Jim. I'm with CGC Sports Illustrated. It has been a minute since I've done a podcast. So uh, that's what we're looking at today. This is podcast episode number 10. I'll be covering two topics today. One, soccer. The World Cup is happening at the end of this year. Now is the time to start looking at soccer. So we're going to talk about that. And then topic number two, this was suggested to me by a fellow collector. Wanted to know the top issues that aren't first covers. Everyone wants first covers. Those are the most collectible. Uh, but there are plenty of other issues out there that are very collectible, even though they aren't first covers. So um, I've got my top four collectible issues that aren't first covers. And of course, as always, I'll wrap up by taking a look at some, um, some recent sales places. By the way, I'm always looking for ideas on what to cover in these videos. So if you've got a topic that you'd like me to address or talk about, just drop a comment here on YouTube or shoot me a DM on social media. Couple disclaimers, I only collect newsstand issues, not subscription issues. So whenever I talk about issues and pricing and pop reports and all that stuff, I'm always referring only to newsstand issues. Number two, I believe in full transparency. So whenever I refer to an issue, I always mention whether or not I own it. Um, that's not me showing off. It's really just letting you know where I stand personally on each issue um, for full disclosure. When it comes to the investing part of this hobby, you know, the old adage is, you know, for any investment is true here. You want to buy low and sell high. Part of that is being able to anticipate well in advance when an athlete is going to start performing better. I think a good example is Andrew Wiggins. He had a fantastic NBA finals for the Warriors. The time to pick up Andrew Wiggins pieces was, you know, low when you want to buy low was six to 12 months ago. You know, if you could predict which team was going to win the World Series, it'd be wise to start stocking up on that team star athlete now. But what we're going to do is, Look at this from the perspective of an entire sport, not just a single athlete, and I'm talking about soccer. The World Cup is played every four years. Now, normally it's in the summer, but because the 2022 World Cup is being played in Qatar, where the average high temperature in June and July is 108 degrees, that's the average high temperature, um, FIFA decided that December would much be, a, uh, be a much better idea. So the World Cup is in Qatar in December this year. So that means you got about six months before the global sporting world starts to laser focus in on soccer. And this is not going to be the 2018 World Cup where the U.S. men's national team failed to qualify. Um, the U.S. team has already been guaranteed a spot for 2022. So I want to take a quick look or talk really quickly about how soccer memorabilia has performed lately because still a ton of soccer skeptics out there. And I get it. I was the soccer skeptic forever. Um, Number one, Diego Maradona, the Hand of God jersey from 1986, the 1986 World Cup, sold for $9.3 million just a couple of months ago. An all-time record price for any piece of sports memorabilia sold at auction. Not just soccer memorabilia, any piece in any sport ever. So that's a big deal. And then in February 2022, uh, the 1958 Pele uh, rookie card sold for $1.3 million. That's not only a record for any Pele card, it was a record for any soccer card. It was the first time a soccer card had ever sold for over a million dollars. So that's kind of to set the stage to say there is a ton of investing happening in soccer memorabilia right now. So with that in mind, here are a handful of Sports Illustrated covers. We'll take a look at the first one here um, that I would be on the lookout for um, with the World Cup coming up in six months. So the first one here, no surprise, Lionel Messi. This is his first Sports Illustrated cover appearance um, from June 9th, 2014. Not only is this his first cover, 
This is a one of four variant cover. SI produced four different covers that week with Messi being on one of them. I talk about this in a lot of my videos, but what does a variant cover mean? Variant covers are much more rare than normal weekly issues where every single copy produced had the exact same athlete on the cover. So variant first covers become extremely desirable for collectors. If you think the world, the 2022 World Cup is going to raise Messi's profile, it absolutely will, wait until he joins David Beckham's owned Miami, uh, Inter-Miami MLS team in 2023. Messi is going to be coming to the United States. He's going to be playing for Beckham's team in Miami. Messi is still going to have a super high profile for years and years to come. Next up, this one's not a surprise either. We're looking at Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, this is one of the other one of four variant covers that came out that same week as Messi. So again, June 9th, 2014. Crazy that these two global stars get their first Sports Illustrated cover in the exact same weeks um, with variants. Um, Ronaldo, still the biggest name in soccer worldwide, and a variant first cover from him is going to be collectible forever and ever and ever. Mentioned David Beckham earlier. He's the co-owner of Inter-Miami MLS. Um, David Beckham's done it all. Six Premier League titles with Manchester United. Uh, a La Liga championship with Real, Real Madrid. He won the FA Cup twice, the UEFA Championship League in 1999. Plus, he's, like I mentioned, part owner of the MLS team Inter-Miami. And let's be honest, he's married to a freaking Spice Girl. The guy is everywhere, all the time. This issue came out in July 16th. 2007, a great one for you to target if you're wanting to invest in soccer. Mentioned this guy earlier. So while this isn't his jersey, this is Diego Maradona. Um, now, this cover is not going to come close to selling for anywhere near that, you know, almost $10 million that his Hand of God jersey went for. Still one of the most collectible Sports Illustrated covers featuring a soccer player. This is from July 7th, 1987. I'm sorry, July 7th, 1986. Very difficult to find in newsstand. The highest graded copy of this issue um, right now is at 9.4 and, and just a great issue. Uh, and then we've got the granddaddy of them all. No surprise here. This issue is from June 23rd, 1975. Pele's first cover. You know, he was the face of soccer worldwide for decades. Uh, he won three World Cup titles. 12,000 and or, uh, 1,279 career goals that is recognized as a Guinness World Record. The rookie card I mentioned just sold for $1.3 million. There are only four newsstand copies of this issue that have been graded. It's impossible to find. Super rare. The highest graded copy is 8.5. 8 um, do everything you can to dig up one of these in any condition. They are all, but this one especially, very rare, very collectible. My full disclosure, I own the Messi, I own the Ronaldo, the Beckham, and I own one of the four uh, Pele issues. So um, I, I thought that was a good look at soccer, and I'm excited for the World Cup coming up here um, in just a couple of months. So back to this fellow collector that suggested that I talk about top issues that aren't first covers. Um, I spent a lot of time on this. I came up with four, kind of an odd number, but I, there were four that I was really felt really strongly about. Um, and then I've got a couple other fun ones that I wouldn't even call honorable mention. They're just kind of goofy and quirky that, that, that I thought um, I thought was a lot of fun. So again, like I said earlier, if you've got ideas for me to cover topics on these videos, please drop a comment or shoot me a DM. I'm always looking for ideas um, um, 
for these videos. And when I was, I was researching this and putting this list together, you know, for me, what I found is that the most collectible issues that aren't first covers tend to be more about events or the era as opposed to specific athletes. I certainly could have put, you know, Michael Jordan's second cover or his third cover up there. I could have put, you know, uh, Mickey Mantle's second cover or something along those lines. But I just kind of wasn't feeling that when I put this list together. So um, hopefully that'll make some sense while I go through this list here. So the first one you can see here, I just thought that this was an awesome cover for a number of different reasons. So this is Gretzky, Montana, and Magic. Um, it came out on December 18th, 1989. Let's go through the pop reports real quick. There are three graded at 9.2, and that's the highest graded. Um, and then there's several others out there. I just thought that this cover perfectly encapsulated sports in the 80s. These three players dominated the 80s. And when this issue came out in 1989, they were all playing in Los Angeles. Gretzky's in his Oilers uniform there, but when the issue came out, he had been playing for the Kings that time. I love multiple Hall of Famers on the same cover. The 80s were such an important decade for sports. I just think this cover captures it all. Between these three players, they won 13 championships in the 80s. Magic won five. Montana and Gretzky won four um, each. Uh, I've owned this cover in the past. In fact, I owned one of the 9.2s at one point. I um, sold it, so I do not currently own um, a copy of this one. Next up, this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Um, this is the Dream Team cover, February 18th, 1991. Again, the last cover was about the 80s era. This is really about an event, and it was that 1992 Summer Olympics in Barcelona. Uh, February 18th, 1991 is when this issue came out. Pop report, there are three 9.6s. I own one of those 9.6s. There are four 9.4s. I own one of those 9.4s. Um, again, this is about the collective group of players and the event as opposed to these individuals. The 1992 Olympics... Um, were the first that allowed NBA players to play in the Olympics. The NBA was probably at its global height back then. Bird, Magic, and Jordan had all raised the NBA's profile worldwide so much. Um, interesting, whenever I talk about this issue, I always get a couple of comments or DMs that, from people that are like, oh, Larry Bird should have been on the cover. Larry Bird should have been on the cover. And, and yeah, I agree. Um, and on the surface, that makes a lot of sense. But let's explain why Larry's not on the cover. So if you're looking to put the best five players from that area, uh, era on the cover, Larry'd certainly be one of them. But you've got to remember, this issue came out in February 1991, about a year and a half before the Olympic team was finalized. And during that time, Larry Bird's back was a total disaster. And if you go back, I remember, but if you go back and watch video clips, um, you know, when he was playing games for the Celtics in that era, and certainly when he was playing um, for the Olympics, when he was not in the game and on the bench, he was laying on the floor on his stomach, on the, uh, on the side. His back was a total disaster, and everybody knew that. And because of that, they weren't sure a year and a half before the Olympics, when this issue came out, if Larry was going to be able to play in the Olympics. So that's why Bird isn't on this cover. Like I said, I own a bunch of copies of these, including um, the one of the 9.6s and uh, – and one of the 9.4s. Hank Aaron, 715. Um, again, not so much about Hank Aaron, but about the you know, breaking of the all-time home run record. So April 15th, 1974 is when this issue came out. The pop report on this blows me away because there's one 9.8, which I, I, that, I can't even imagine having this in 9.8. 
there's two nine point twos. There's five nine point uh, graded. So put yourself back in 1974. Baseball is king in American sports, and it's not even close. The NFL wasn't nearly as popular as, as it is today back then. The NBA was a total freaking disaster in the 70s and a complete mess. And, you know, the NHL was, was you know, it's hockey. What are you going to do? So baseball was everything. And in baseball, there's no bigger stat than the home run. And you had Babe Ruth, just a larger-than-life figure, playing the, for the sport's most iconic franchise in the New York Yankees. And Ruth holds the greatest record of all time of 714 career home runs. So Babe Ruth hit home run number 714 in May 1935. So that record stands for almost 40 years, which is an insane amount of time. And here comes this guy, Hank Aaron, who ends up breaking the record in 1974. The biggest record from the biggest sport at the time, formerly held by the most iconic player in the sports history, playing for the legendary Yankees. It really is, what I love about this, such an incredible snapshot in time and an amazing cover. Um, I own... I used to own a 9.0. I don't anymore. I've got several of these that aren't anywhere near 9.0s, um, and they're at CGC uh, being graded right now, but I currently don't own any graded copies. Uh, and then number one on the list, this probably shouldn't be a surprise either, but um, USA Hockey and the Miracle on Ice. This came out on March 3rd, 1980. You know, when I put these lists together, I do my best to set aside my personal biases, um, and I think I do, I do a pretty good job at that. So before I make my case on why I think this is the most collectible issue that's not a first cover, um, you need to know that I own this issue graded at 9.8. That's a pop one of one with none graded higher. Uh, so I may be a little bit biased, but I don't think so. I think a lot of people would rank this as number one. You know, if, if, if you're too young to remember this game, let me set the stage for this. because th there's, there's a lot as to why this is such an important moment in sports and such a, I mean, a bigger important moment in our country's history. Um, and why it's so collectible. So if you're too young to remember this game, it's going to be nearly impossible for you me to describe how big of a deal this was, but I'm going to do my best. This game happened in 1980. This was the height of the Cold War with the Soviet Union. Everything in the world fell on either the side of the Soviet bloc or the West, United States, and our European and our other allies. And I'm talking about everything, finance, sports, pop culture, trade, allies, militarily, everything that happened in the world was either the Soviet bloc or the West allies. It's just the way the world that worked back then. There was the constant threat of nuclear war. And, and when I say we felt that threat constantly, that's not an exaggeration. If you lived back then, it was constantly on your mind that at any minute, missiles could be launched and we could all be killed. That was present all the time. In many ways, it was viewed as the Soviet Union was ahead of us in 1980, militarily, economically, scientifically. You got to remember, in 1980, the U.S. was not in a great place. Um, you know, Jimmy Carter was the president. He used the famous term, you know, national malaise to describe the current mood in the country. Inflation was 14 percent. Mortgage rates were 13%. People were crying today about 6 and 7% mortgage rates. And I get that. But can you just imagine 13% mortgage rates? The gas crisis was still fresh in everybody's mind where, you know, there was a time there in the late 70s, early 80s, where people would wait in line for hours 
just for an opportunity to buy gas. And when they were sold out, they were sold out. And if you didn't get your gas, you weren't going anywhere. So, you know, we had American citizens being held hostage in Iran. Things were bleak for our country in, you know, March of 1980. It was bad. It was really bad. So here you have the 1980 Olympics and the U.S. team had college kids going up against professional Soviet players who were considered the best in the world. So we've got everything in our lives that is framed as us versus them. Things for the United States aren't going well in the world. We're playing this game on the world stage with our amateurs facing the greatest hockey team ever assembled. And the good guys won when we weren't supposed to. So if you're too young to really remember that, you know, I can't overstate how big of a moment this was for the United States. And I'm talking about this event went beyond just sports and, and pop culture. It went way beyond that. It's still probably the greatest upset in all of sports. It was done on the world stage at the height of the Cold War when our country needed it most. And what I love about this cover, it's so great. There's no headline. All you've got is the name of the publication, Sports Illustrated, and the date. So there's no distractions on the clever. Um, it's just the players, the fans, the ice. You've got the American flag flying from one of the fans in the background. Um, and, and none of what I've talked about is, is, is exaggeration or hyperbole. You can't overstate how important this event was because it absolutely transcended sport and transcended the game. I think Sports Illustrated did a fantastic job capturing that on this cover. I say this a lot because it is true. I view Sports Illustrated as not just a magazine. Many of these covers are truly works of art, and that is certainly the case um, with this Miracle on Ice issue. So to me, this is the most collectible issue in our entire hobby that is not a first cover. Hmm. And then I got two fun ones. These are just ones that I stumbled across that I had forgotten about. Okay, so these aren't even honorable mentions. These are just goofy. So this is Dick Allen. This is from June 12th, 1972. I love photographs of athletes smoking cigarettes, especially in uniform. There's the classic picture of, um, oh, geez, the guy from the Kansas City Chiefs in the first Super Bowl. Um, I can't think of his name. And uh, Len, uh, Len uh, uh, Dawson, uh, uh, sitting in the, in, the, in the locker room at halftime, uh, drinking a fresca and smoking a cigarette in his uniform. So this is Dick Allen, June 12th, 1972. I just think athletes smoking cigarettes in uniform is just absolutely hilarious. So I thought that was fun and wanted to share it. Uh, this is uh, Jim Kick and Larry Zonka from the Dolphins. This is August 7th, 1972. I found this one hilarious. It's nobody's first cover, but I'm going to zoom in here so you can see this. Larry Zonka intentionally flipping the bird. Nobody catches it. And, uh, and it ends up on the cover of Sports Illustrated. So those were just a couple of fun ones. Okay, let's take a look at some recent sale prices. Uh, we're going to start with the big dog. Nobody's surprised by this one. This is uh, the uh, February auction of the Gretzky first cover that sold for $30,000. Uh, man, that's been talked about a lot in our hobby and uh, certainly something that we need to highlight. And it's still the record price ever paid for a graded Sports Illustrated. However, mentioned this before. There are some big issues coming up at the Heritage Auction this August that will give that uh, record a run for its money. Uh, a couple others here. Um, so this one sold a month later. If, it, if, it, if this had been listed two months before, this would have broken the previous all-time record. But this is Tom Brady's Amazing at 9.8, sold for $13,800 on Heritage in March. I always like to bring these up. You know, 
So this is the first cover ever of Sports Illustrated from 1954. It's graded at 9.8. There's a ton of these out there. I think we're getting close to 70 copies of this graded at 9.8. So the population numbers are huge on it. Um, but they still keep selling for right around nine, dollars $11,000. So this was just March uh, of this year. And uh, this one sold for $9,300. So the pricing on this issue, despite how many of them are out there, um, still holding up really well. I love this one. Uh, so this is Nolan Ryan's first cover. This is a pop two with one graded higher. So it's not the highest graded copy in the world. It's a 9.0. It's from 1975. Sold in April for $5,600. Really, really strong price for that Nolan Ryan. This one was interesting. I thought this was great. Steph Curry from 2015. This is not his first cover or his second cover. Um, just kind of a run-of-the-mill Steph Curry cover. It is a 9.8. It is a pop 101, none higher. Um, sells on eBay uh, not that long ago for $3,500. Really, really strong. That sale just happened in June. That's, that's, a, that's a strong, strong number, and I, and I wanted to point that out. Uh, this was great. Mike Tyson, um, 7.0. This is his uh, first Sports Illustrated cover from 1986. Um, of course, there was a golden auction that took place earlier this year where his first cover at 9.0 sold for about $7,500. This is the same issue at 7.0. I can tell you that I did some research. It, they asked three grand. A best offer was made and the accepted offer was $1,850 on this one. Pretty strong number for a 7.0. Of, uh, of Mike Tyson's first cover. And I love that cover. Love it. Uh, this one was really interesting. So this is, uh, again, this is like Jordan's sixth or seventh cover. So not even his top, in his first five covers, but this uh, Jordan issue from 1988, graded at 9.4, sold on eBay for 2,700 bucks. I was bidding on that one. I did not win it, but I know the guy that did win it. And uh, I'm happy for him on that one. Game programs still uh, selling really, really strong. So this is a Super Bowl one program at 8.0, sold on um, on Heritage for $2,700, just again in May, not that long ago at all. This one was really interesting. So again, back to Gretzky, same issue, this time in newsstand, graded at a 7.0, sold for $2,300. Um, and again, that was uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I thought this one was really interesting. I was floored by this. So this is um, Slam Magazine from 2021. This is the, um, you know, the Bugs Bunny issue because they redid the movie uh, um, that Michael Jordan had done years ago with LeBron and Bugs Bunny and all that sort of stuff. And so Slam put out a pretty cool cover. Hey, I own this one. Um, uh, uh, I don't have it graded yet, but I own this one. But the issue is less than a year old. It's an 8.0. It sells for $930 on, um, on Heritage. So I, I was really surprised at that one. Let me go back here and do my disclaimers. Yes, I own copies of this one. Uh, yes, I own copies of that, but they're at CGC. Yes, I own tons of these, including a 9.8. I've never owned that one. Um, I don't own that Steph Curry. I did own the Tyson 9.0, but sold it. Uh, I do own that, uh, I think, 8.0 is the highest I've been able to get that one graded. I own a couple copies of that, including one at 7.5. I own, I've got a couple of these at CGC. I'm not, I don't actively own any of those. I do own some of those. Um, and then the last one here, 
Um, I thought this one was really interesting. This sold for $1,100. Michael Jordan, uh, famous, you know, hologram issue from 1991. This one graded at 9.8. Again, huge pop numbers on this. I think we're closing in on 30 of these graded at 9.8. So for this one to sell for $1,100, um, I was kind of surprised by that and, uh, and thought it was worth mentioning. Hey, that's it for podcast number 10. Really appreciate you watching and listening. Um, you can get the audio version of this podcast anywhere podcasts are available. You can subscribe there. Find me on social media, CGC Sports Illustrated, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, eBay, Facebook groups. It's everywhere. Um, subscribe and comment here on YouTube. Please shoot me a DM. I love helping out. I love answering questions and would love ideas on what you'd like to see on future videos. So thanks for watching.